Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m. I want you to know we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth, ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. We're going to have a word of prayer and and then we're going to go into the word of God. I, I don't know where you are right now, but, you know, if you can stand, stand. If, you, if you're sitting, sit. But focus your mind upon the Lord as we talk with him about our relationship. The best thing we could do is nurture our relationship unto the Lord. Build that relationship. Understand the relationship. Bless the relationship. Fortify the relationship. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your kindness. Lord God, we thank you for an opportunity to seek your face. Lord, to call out unto you and to bless your name. Lord Jesus, we don't come today with a bunch of requests. Matter of fact, I, I know that you know any request that we may already have, that we thought about. You've heard our prayers already. Lord, and so we come with hearts of thanksgiving, hearts of praise to worship and to bless your name. Lord, we thank you for a place that, that has been consecrated for this moment, consecrated for this hour, for this space of time to exalt you. Lord God, thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord God, for those that have made their way, those that are on the way, those, Lord God, that are tuning in near and afar. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing them with a mind to seek after you, to call upon your name, to hear your word. Lord, thank you. Thank you for those that are walking in obedience. Thank you for those, Lord God, that who are in the valley of decision. You have all the answers. You know just what to do to help them. Lord, bring them out of the valley. Help them to hear your word and make a well-informed decision for the saving of their soul. Lord, I pray and ask that you would bless every place, every thought church that comes to mind as they are preparing for service this morning. Lord God, those that are preparing to, to be on their way, their commute to service, to go in and participate in worship unto you. To participate 
and praise unto you. Ah, hey, glory. Bless your name, Jesus. To participate in ministering to others. Lord, thank you. Ask that you would bless them, bless the faithful. Bless those that are giving and supporting the ministry. Lord, thank you for those that are willing, those that are thoughtful. Lord, thank you, Lord. Lord, you can ask that you would help us, help us by providing clarity in our understanding of your word. Lord, we'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go directly into the word of God this morning. So I want to direct your attention into the book of Mark. Book of Mark. Mark has a very interesting ministry, at least very interesting to me. My favorites, I do have favorites that I'd love to read from. And Luke being one of them, as he has took on a mission, he took on the mission. It didn't change and make him a, what people refer to as a missionary. You won't find that in the scriptures anywhere. The Bible gives us what God has called people and the different offices that he has ordained. And we like here at Cornerstone of Grace, we like sticking to the word of God. And any revelation, I'm aware, a word that you have should be backed up by scripture, not something mystical. It came out the clouds. It floated down like a dove, whatever you saw. It should be backed up by the scripture. Mark, very interesting. So we've been in the book of Mark. And if you, uh, on Wednesday, we are in the book of Genesis. want to encourage you to join in the Wednesday Bible study. And don't be fooled by, uh, because you see a title on the, on the podcast page or the broadcast page or the radio page that says, um, you know, and you think that, well, if the title is light and you, you already know that. The word of God is, inexhaustible. What you might think you know, you may find out that you really don't know. I'm learning um, uh, from the Lord. And I, I believe all ministers, that we are in a continual state of learning because God is revealing it. We don't get it all in one setting. There's nothing you're going to receive at one time. No, it, it comes in bites. It comes in bites. It's something digestible something that you can digest. And it's important that you digest correctly so that it benefits your spirit, man, just like we take bites of food and we don't crowd our mouth and and shove it all down. And what, at least you should not be doing that so that the body can digest it properly. And so here in the book of Mark, we're going to start here at the fifth chapter, fifth chapter, Mark 5. I'm going to read a few verses. Well, I'm actually going to read through the 12th verse. 
It says, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Sins be forgiven. But there was certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoned in their hearts, why doeth this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reason within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your heart? You got some things, some stuff going on in your heart. You're trying to hide some stuff. Why are you thinking that way? Whether it is easy to say to the sick and the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man have power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the sick and the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. Turn that a little bit, please. Thank you. Insomuch, and immediately he arose and took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified, saying, we never saw it on this fashion before. We've never seen this. We, this this is so I've been in church for a long time. I've been coming to the synagogue. I've been at Solomon's porch. I've been in Bible class meeting by the river. And but I've never seen this before. Never seen this. Make me wonder why. Why haven't I seen this before? What are we missing? that we have not seen this before. You know, uh, we were, we're here early to set up and to make sure everything is taken care of as much as possible to do a walkthrough of the sanctuary and to check the audio and check the video, which we found we have a problem with the video uh, projector, but uh, we're here early to check. And so as we were here, we were talking about those things that we've never saw before. Things from the scripture, things from the word of God, things that we read over. And that's all we do is we just read over it. I, you know, I used to you read the scripture, you know, and you say, well, I'm going to read the Bible in a whole year. And that's great. That's wonderful. But at the end of the year, do you have an understanding or do you have any questions that it should be provoking some questions where it causes you to contact the minister of your fellowship 
or to seek out a God-fearing, Bible-believing minister to minister the word of God to you and to bring about an understanding. Or else you'll be like these people. We never saw it like this before. We were astonished. We were amazed because we never saw it. The scribes and Pharisees was there. They were masters of the law. The scribes were those that wrote, kept record. Of the, the Pharisees was masters of it. And people sat in their Bible classes, sat in their service with them, listening. But yet, they were not amazed. They were not edified. They never saw it like this before. I want to talk about something that's very close to me, very close to my heart. And so it's not just a sermon to me. The word of God is, is, is mind blowing. But even more, it is life changing change my life. So when I stand and talk about the gospel, when I'm teaching the word of God, it is very personal to me, no matter what I might be dealing with, no matter what might be going on in my life. It's very personal. The word of God takes on a new or has taken on something different because of the understanding that has been received by or from the word of God. We were in the book of Ezekiel a few years ago and I did not understand why studying Ezekiel. Ezekiel is not an easy book to to read or understand, you have to really slow your roll, take your time and understand, which means you're going to have to dig a little. By the time we finished the book of Ezekiel, I was convicted. My heart was, was broken. And there was a lot going on within me because I saw things and understood things about God that I had not seen or understood before, not on this level. And it changed my life. It caused me to rethink my walk and dedication with the Lord. To find yourself convicted or to find yourself broken doesn't mean that you've been doing things incorrectly, but when God moves you from where you were, when he moves you, from where you are, uh, there's a change that takes place. And you may not describe it the way I did, but there is a change. And so there was a change. And in my change, I felt so bad about how we look at God. I felt so bad about how we treat him. 
We say we love the Lord. Lord, I love you. I really love the Lord. You know, we sing and all that. But how do we really treat him when things are not going right? How do we really treat him when things are strange in our life? How? Well, again, I want to talk about this because it's very close to me. It's not just a sermon, but it's life itself. Mark, the fifth chapter, excuse me, the second chapter, the fifth through the 12th verse. The topic says, let God see your faith. Let God see your faith. Let God see your faith. Let him see your faith. Now, in order for him to do that, you need to show it to him. You need to show this to him. Now, this is from the fifth verse. When Jesus saw their faith. When he saw their faith. When I ask, what is faith? When I question about faith, you know, people will give you an answer. Let's, let's, uh, some may say, well, faith is belief in God. Okay. Faith is belief in God. Others may quote Matthews 11 and 1, which says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And they say it with pride, substance of things hoped for. Okay. And the evidence of things not seen. Nailed it, Pastor. That's what faith is. Now, at the same time, you nailed it, so you think. But at the same time, you're ignoring the description of faith. It said faith is. The substance, it's a substance of things hoped for. So you got to look at substance. You got to look at hope. You have to look at the fact that it is the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of things not seen. So the things that you see does not require faith. And, and I have scripture for that, but I'm not going to give it to you today. Matter of fact, let's make that a assignment for Wednesday night that you uh, you have the scripture. That faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now I'm going to give you a hint that the Apostle Paul talks about it. And that's all I'm going to give you for this moment. And that's for Wednesday. So you have uh, Monday and Tuesday to search that out. The empowerment of faith is what God wants to see in us. Yes, faith has a power. There's a power source that goes along with faith or that or that 
provides faith. Now, I'm doing my best here to explain this. Faith has a power source. And God wants to see that, wants to see it in us. And so the power of faith is hope. Power of faith is hope. And there is no tangible resolve present. There's nothing tangible. You can't see. You can't see it. It's not tangible. If it was tangible, you, you wouldn't, you'll find an answer to that when you look it up. Faith has difficulties called deferment. Called the deferment. Now, deferment is the action or fact of putting something off to a later time. We put things off to, for later. I'm, I'm going to do that next week. I'm going to do that next week. Next week come and, and we don't do it. I'm going to put it off for another next that week comes and we don't do it. How many deferments are we going? So we don't like deferments and we certainly don't like deferments at work or school or anything else but we offer it to God but there are times that our faith is deferred mm -hmm. deferment happened deferment is the action or the fact of putting something off to a later time and so when we deal with faith then we deal with this challenge we deal with a challenging element called deferment, especially when you are or have done all that you know to do and you still deal with a space of time where you don't see or experiencing what you think you should be experiencing happen. The Bible, there are times Faith don't seem like it is enough. I'm, I'm just being real. I'm talking about things that others may not talk about. And if they do, God bless them because they know exactly where I'm coming from. But there are times that it seems like faith is not enough. Oh, I have faith. In, in, you know. No, let's be honest. The evidence of when you feel that faith is not enough is when you take matters into your own hand. That's a manifestation of you feeling that is not enough. When you try to force it to happen. Won't do it. Listen, you try to force it to happen. When you compromise. You're saying faith is not enough. There are times when faith seems like it's not enough, but there's plenty of time between a word of hope and the actual manifestation of it. So there is a gap or appears to be a gap. Uh, but I want you to know that in that time, there are things that are being worked on. You find out 
more about yourself when you are in a state of trouble when things get rough when things get different you find out a lot about yourself you find out what you will and will not do holy ghost bless your lord mighty god thank you jesus says when jesus saw their faith now we like using that term seeing is believing number of other terms that we might use you know jesus saw their faith luke 18 and, and 8 says i tell you that he will avenge them speedily I think that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the, 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 the for things to be expedited. Because the scripture says, I, I tell you, he will avenge their faith, avenge them speedily. Nonetheless, when the son of man come, shall he find faith on earth? When the Lord comes, this is Luke. So asking this question based upon the, the witnesses and the ministers and the those that he has spoken with of what Jesus said, when he shall come. So he's coming again. Will I find faith on earth? What is faith? The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We live by hope. And we live based upon the evidence of things not seen. John 4 and 23 says, but the hour cometh and now is, right now, this moment, right now, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's what we're doing as we're setting and we're hearing the word of God, as the word of God is washing us and cleansing us and making us whole in this moment we're setting in a state of true worship unto the lord giving him our full and undivided attention to what his word has to say it says for the father seeketh such to worship him and all of this is done in hope all of this is done in the immediate moment of what we do not see, but yet we hope for. Well, again, that cliche says seeing is believing. It also says a picture is a it is worth a thousand words. Someone else said, I can show you better than I can tell you. We want God to know. We want to reiterate to him just like we want his word to be reiterated to us. We want his promise to be uh, expedited into our world, into our situation, well, give him something to work with. That's what the man did when they arrived where Jesus was, the Bible said, and Jesus seeing their faith. Are you showing him your faith this morning? When it does seem like it's going to happen, when it don't seem like it's going to happen, then it's time to 
tighten your grip. There are times I've had to tighten my grips on the word of God. The times when I, I had to really grab hope and more than just a grip, I had to wrap my arms around it. I had to wrap it around my arms. I had to wrap myself all up in it. I had to, and you'll do the same. Keep living, keep living. I heard in the book of Daniel where the, 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 the believers, the brothers that was with Daniel was talking to the king and they said, we don't know if he will deliver us. We don't know. We know he's able. We know he has the ability. We understand that. But what if he don't? Am I going to just yield to my fleshy feelings? Am I just going to yield and say, well, you know, um, he didn't do it. And so I, I just I just don't believe that that he can or will. Is going to. Their hope. Was never removed from God's ability. Our hope should never be removed from God's ability. 72 73 and 2 says but as for me my foot were almost gone it's having a little trouble when i looked around at at what was going on it troubled me it bothered me he said but as for me my foot were almost gone my steps had well nigh slipped The psalmist was saying he couldn't figure things out. And maybe there's something that you're dealing with this morning that you just cannot figure out. You prayed about it. You've worked on it, but you can't figure it out. Things are not adding up. This is what the psalmist was saying. It just wasn't adding up. And it bothered him. It bothered him. You ever been bothered by some things because it just wasn't adding up? You just couldn't figure it out? It bothers you. God knows that there are things that bother us when we can't figure it out. Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm trusting in you. I'm hoping in you. And it has not manifested itself. I, what would I do? You keep believing. You don't stop. When I thought to know this, this is what the psalmist said in the 16th verse of that 73rd chapter. When I thought to know this, when I tried to understand it, he said it was too painful for me. He said it was too painful for me. I couldn't get it. I don't understand it. What's happening? You know, we like to say, well, I'm, I'm God, I'm your child. And, and, you know, and I've been praying about it and I've been and I've been seeking what's happening. He said it was too painful. When it's painful. It's painful. 
All you have is hope. Now, I heard preachers say, keep hope alive until your faith kick in. But without hope, there is no faith. Like the psalmist, the pain of what you see, feel, and or experience can impact your hope. And so you have to embrace your hope. Don't let hope be removed. Don't let hope be impacted and overwhelmed where it is diminished. That's what the enemy wants to do. The attack is not on faith. Faith is built upon, I'm, I'm ahead of, but faith is structured by hope. Jeremiah 33. First verse says, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. So this is the second time. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah one and asked the second time. Why he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. So Jeremiah is now incarcerated. He's confined. Not a pleasant state to be in. Not like uh, compared to the imprisons, the jails today. Jeremiah will be in, uh, in Motel 6 compared to where he was. When, when it speaks about him being in the muck and the mire, a pit, a muddy pit. It wasn't just mud in that pit. There wasn't no out. There was they didn't. When he had to go to the bathroom, they didn't. There wasn't no toiletries or nothing like that. They didn't elevate him out the pit and go use the bathroom, then put him back in the jail. Was a lot different. Incarceration was different. Listen, he was shut up in the courts of the prison. He was in a situation that he that. After speaking the word of God, being doing what God told him to do. There's no way in the world. I would do what I'm doing if God had not said to do it. And I know that there are thousands of preachers that have come and gone that understand that statement. Thus said the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it. To establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Jeremiah, call to me, and I'm going to answer you. So that's what the instructions were. That listen, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker of it, the maker of the situation. The situation is formed. It was not formed without God's knowledge. It was not formed without his understanding. The maker thereof, the Lord formed it. He established it. He allowed it. The Lord is his name. Let you know where it came. I signed, he's co-signed. He signed off on it. He said, call unto me. Talk to me about it. I'll answer you. Now, sometimes we look for answers. And in our looking for answers, it don't come immediately. You bed at night and said, well, I'm just going to lay here. I'm not going to turn on Bible Gateway. I'm not going to turn on any music. I'm not going to let the TV on. I'm just going to lay in the dark and I'm going to wait for God to answer me. And you, you fell asleep. 
Woke up the next morning, no answer, no dream, no nothing. The only thing you could do is be still and understand and know that he's God until he chooses to speak. Speaking may not be an audible voice to you. It may not be nothing demonstrative. It may not be a dream or a vision. It may be that you come to church and when you arrive there, the preacher is standing up talking about show God your faith. Your steadfastness without hope. There is no steadfastness. Steadfastness, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It sounds good because someone caught a tune with, listen, but now when we talk about actually doing it, talk about actual, the actions of it, it takes on a new meaning. He said, I'll show you. I'll show you that you can stand when you didn't think you could stand. I will show you that you can endure the hardship as a good soldier, being faithful, a good soldier, you're faithful, you ain't compromising nothing. You're not compromising your stand, even though you don't understand all the parameters or nothing else about it, except that we're told to stand. Now, if you like me, a regular cup of Joe, regular cup of coffee, regular Carl, you can place your name there, then you know some difficulties. You know some uncontrollable situations. You don't have control of it. You know you don't have control of it. You're not even trying to pretend like you have control of it because it's out of our control. I've learned some difficulties and uncontrollable a situations are designed. They're allowed by God's permissive will. His permissive will allowed them. And now we play a very major part in his permissive will. If you've been, if you've been hanging around COG for a little while, you, you know permissive will is not his divine will. And so there are some things that God will allow us to do, and it is his permissive will. And sometimes that permissive will, we deal with some difficulty. When it's his divine will, when it's his divine will, it takes on a different power, it takes on a different source. You, you are not orchestrating anything in the divine will you're following at that point the permissive will is where you stepped out to do something with his permission he didn't stop you his divine will is where you're following the orders the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the lord and we'll talk more about permissive divine another day john 9 first chapter Said, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? The man's blind from his birth, came out the, 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 um, the came out of the canal, blind already. Did this man sin? Well, he was born blind. Did his parents sin? The man was born blind. 
They're looking for fault. Sometimes there's no fault in what is happening. Jesus answered, neither have this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be manifest, made manifest in him. The reason some situations exist is for God to manifest his power. It's not going to be based upon what you do. It's not going to be based upon your works. It's not going to be based upon anything else. It's going to go through the difficulties and experiences that God has allowed to manifest to his glory. The word manifest means to make known, to appear, to make visible, to show it. Are you willing to make your faith known? Are you willing to make allow it to appear or to make it visible to show it? God said, he told Jeremiah, not only will I answer you, but I will show you great and mighty things. Are you willing to show God your faith? To show him your great and might in return? Because when we talk about faith, the evidence of things that... Uh, Substance they hope for, the evidence of things not seen. We are talking about spiritual influence. We're talking about an impact in the spirit realm that manifests in the natural. There is a greatness to this. There is a might to this. That's why it is such a warfare. So we have to show him what he hasn't seen. You mean God is blind here and see? No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I cannot show God your faith. I can point out a manifestation of your faith because of what you show me. James said what? James said, uh, show me, show me, uh, you tell me that you have faith. I'm going to show you my works, which says that I have faith. I'm going to manifest something. And that's going to let you know that I have faith in God. So I'm showing you by what I do, my actions. How do we show God that we have hope in him? By maintaining. Remember, I kept saying don't compromise. We don't compromise our stand with God. And that hope itself has a great and might to it. Okay? Let me say that again. Hope is powerful. All right? When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, verily I say unto you, I have, found, I have not found so greater faith. No, not in Israel. I have not seen anyone, heard of anyone displaying such great hope as this man has. This man, and you go to chapter 8 of Matthews, chapter 8 of Matthews on your time, where the man had a situation and he went to the Lord and he asked God for help. 
And God's response to the man's faith said, I haven't seen nothing. I haven't seen any so great. That's why I say your hope has is a greatness to it. Your hope has a might to it. Your hope is powerful. It is a powerful influence. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick and saw and, and Paul said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now remember, the scripture said when he saw their faith, there was a manifestation. When Jesus saw what they were hoping for, is what you are hoping for. Jesus made it personal. He said, son, son, a term of an endearment. Times when I, I speak to my sons and we might call each other by name, but when the term son is used, it it takes on a whole new meaning to what is going to be said afterwards. Jesus didn't say, hey, you. He didn't say man, woman. He didn't say Mr. or Mrs. He said, son. When my children drop my name, Carlitos. And, and that's a whole story behind that. <laughs> when they when they skip Carlitos and say dad. It takes on a new meaning. My senses heighten because I know it's something different that is about to be said. When I say daughter, brother, sister, grandson, it's personal. This man's issue centered on two things, sin and the absence of forgiveness. There are areas of forgiveness that we must be aware of. God's forgiveness, your forgiveness, and the forgiveness of others. These are just three. He said to the man that was sick, your sins be forgiven. The core of some things, not everything, but the core of some things is sin. He went right to the core of the man's sickness. And listen, when issues, you got to find the core of it. When learning a subject matter, you got to get to the core of it. When you uh, when we'll find that everything that we're looking for is inside the core. When I started studying technology, uh, my mentor, uh, a young man that, that has opportunity to work for NASA and is very high up the chain, flies all over the world and dealing with technology. He said, go to the core. He said, because when you talk to people and you get to the core of it, it's an area that everyone has not examined. He said, everything is from the core, is from the inside out, is not from the outside in. And Jesus said this also. He said, it's not what goes in a man that defiles him. He said, it's what comes out of him. So deal with the core. And whatever you study, school, work, church core 
In church, you need the spirit of discernment, which comes through the power of God to deal with the core. Someone could be standing right in front of you telling you what they want prayer for. And the, the, the spirit of the Lord identifies what the core of the matter is. And it changes everything in their life. They came up saying, pray for joy. They didn't need joy. This man was sick. The Lord said, your sins be forgiven. He was healed. He was certain of the scribes sitting there, reasoning in their hearts. Why do this man speak blasphemies? This man is offended, offensive. Who can forgive sin but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in their spirit that they so reason within themselves, he said unto them, why reason you these things in your heart? You tripping. Stop tripping. You sitting in church. Stop tripping. You judge another. Stop tripping. You ain't. It ain't your business. You there for your own soul salvation. Not to be there for anyone else and to criticize what you think you saw someone do, whether you actually was in the room with them or not. Stop tripping. God, God forgives sin. Listen, certain people was present. And there were some people wasn't there. Certain people present. And there was others that wasn't there. That would say, amen, go ahead. God bless you. When, when they hear people tripping. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about pastors and preachers standing up tripping. Criticizing, saying things they should not be saying, doing things they should not be doing. Listen, I use this term because people that Jesus was dealing with opposed, or they supposed to have been religious leaders. They were supposed to be, they were the ones tripping. It wasn't the congregation that Jesus was dealing with that was tripping. It was the leaders that was tripping. James 1 said, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridle not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless, the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. The scribes and Pharisees looked for praise. They could have been visiting the fathers, the fatherless. They could have been visiting the widows and others that was afflicted and in pain. But that's not what they were doing. The scribes and Pharisees could have built hope, established and fortified faith in God. Instead, they criticized the deliverance of others. The man with a withered hand had been going to service, sitting in service all this time unhealed. A man with an unclean spirit, sent in a service, desiring to be delivered, there with hope. The man with the withered hand had hope, but yet going to service. They, uh, I don't know what their service time was, but the, the man did not receive the deliverance that he was looking for. And then when he did get it, when he did deliverance they criticize the deliverer the leaders when they should have been the ones fortifying building hope 
establishing faith in those individuals that God is able. He's able. We don't know if or when or when, but he is able. And that's enough right there. That's enough right there. Just knowing that he's able brings about pleasantry unto the Lord. It brings about a difference. The Bible says that it's impossible to please him without it. It's impossible to please God without it. You cannot please God. So in your struggle, in your moment where you feel hopeless, and that's not an undeniable statement because there are times that you may feel hopeless. Don't release, don't let loose of the hope that you have. It might appear hopeless. It might feel hopeless. It might sound hopeless. It might smell hopeless. But God deals and he specializes in hopelessness. He specializes in those areas. If there is a shimmer of hope, God knows how to use it. He said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, which is a very tiny seed, but powerfully impact. So your hope still has power. Now, I, I binged on Superman this, this past couple of days. I binged on Lois and Superman and Lois. Yes, I did. I binged on it. And, you know, the closer, if he just feels a little bit of sunlight, if he just feels a little tiny bit of sunlight, it brings about life. All you need is a little bit of hope, and it brings about a change. It brings about a difference. Those leaders and religious politicians place their focus on themselves. Jesus said, whether it's easy to say to the sick of thy sins be forgiven or to say, arise and take up your bed and walk. But that ye may know that the son of man have power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the sick, your sins are forgiven. I say unto thee, arise and take up your bed and go thy way into thy house. The man went to service hoping he went with hope. I came to service this morning with hope. Launched the broadcast with hope. Drove here just like you. You drove here with hope. Turn to turn. And those of you that tuned in to inside the pages. You tuned in with hope. Those that are going to be listening later, download it because they have hope. The very thing we're talking about this morning. We send out invites to the massive, a whole new mailing list that's been being developed. Why? To bring about hope. So the people know that there's someone out there, someone here. Preaching and teaching and talking about faith in God. 
not a quick rich theme of uh, get it you know lay your hands on it name it claim it no but hope that brings about comfort to the soul when there's nothing else hope that gives you peace when you lay down at night hope when your spirit is troubled hope when things don't seem like it's going right hope mighty god sending out invites to the masses doing the work of the evangelists the books that you've heard me talk about in and barbed wire it's about hope knowing that someone's been there done that been through that you uh, the the lost but found this, the other book same thing dealing with hope the 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 fact that there is times that you feel hopeless but there is hope at the end part of that hope is others that have already been through that that can that can reach down that don't mind reaching down to help pull you out of that god uses as a source of hope to help you out Like today, the scribes and Pharisees of that day had the opportunity to build hope and they didn't do it. They could have, but didn't provide hope to ease pain and suffering. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, that's, that's what the Bible said. He responded when he saw their, their faith. He responded when Jesus saw their hope. He responded. Their hope was directed at him. Don't place your hope. Don't direct your hope on anyone else but Jesus. Every pastor, every minister, every van, every everyone that's out promote should be promoting God Himself, and not themselves as being anyone. We're nothing. We just we're nothing. We're under shepherds. We're not the shepherd. Our hope. Is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Those, those are the words of the song. I may have misquoted, but you understand what I'm saying. He's the focus. Their hope was directed in him. They did not go to that house where the service was at because they wanted to see everybody else that had gathered together. They went with hope of being healed. They went there with hope for healing. He wanted to forgive their sins. Jesus wanted to forgive their sins. He wanted to do that. The man could have lingered. He was told, take up your bed immediately. He could have lingered. We've been, been in the book of Genesis on Wednesday talking about how Lot lingered. He could have lingered. He could have laid there a little while in unbelief. But I think with every with every move and when, and when the word was being spoken and he and he felt what was being said, it gave him he got up. He didn't waddle in the moment of his sickness. There were some men that went to Jesus. And they asked for healing. And he told them, OK, I'm paraphrasing, OK. And as they walked away, they looked 
and they could see that a change was occurring. As they even got a little further away from where Jesus was, they became whole. One of the men looked and saw the change and he went back to Jesus and, 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 and acknowledged the change that occurred. And Jesus redirected him. The instructions were go to the priest and show the priest your condition. Now you, you have leprosy, but go there and, and show them where you, and by the time they got there, they, but the one man that saw his healing occurring along the way, he went back to Jesus, acknowledged the healing and the Lord told him, go to your family. Instead of following the tradition of, of, of going to see the minister, and showing yourself whole, he told him, go to your family. He bypassed the norm, your hope, your faith, your gratitude, your appreciation causes you to be launched into a different direction with God. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to an end. Coming to an end. Bless you, Lord. You can stay in the situation or you can do something different. Hope causes you to do something different. Hope is the strength. It is the energy. It is the backbone of what we call faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. The elders obtain a good report. I'm a brother. I'm an elder, a pastor. I'm looking for a good report. And I know I cannot have a good report without having faith. I'm not willing to surrender my faith in God no matter what comes my way. I'm not willing to do it. And I've dealt with some things. So I'm not just whistling Dixie. I'm not just standing here making a statement. I'm telling you that it come a time where you must make a stand. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to deal with issues. It doesn't mean you're not going to deal with things. The Bible said if you live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. And it also says that if you if you Stop sinning. When he can't tempt you to do things, when he can't get you to get out of character, he will attack your flesh. He will attack you. <laughs> I, I saw that. <laughs> A couple of years ago in the hospital, Doctors came back and said, we didn't find no clogged arteries. We didn't find no problems with your heart. We didn't find anything wrong with you. We don't even know why it, what you experienced occurred. Went to the doctor for my regular physical. I believe in going, getting physicals. And the doctor said, well, your heart don't sound, uh, it sound different. So they sent me to a heart specialist, went to the heart specialist, put me on the treadmill and all of that. Nothing. Your heart is fine. 2020, uh, 
23 this year. Standing in the podium, nothing. Everything seemed fine. And started to just fade out. Couldn't find anything wrong. Blood pressure was correct. Yeah, went, checked my blood pressure. Everything was fine. Started to feel a certain ailment in my body. Undeniable. Went to the doctor, showed the doctor, look, doctor, look at this. Went and had ultrasound, everything done. Went to the specialist. Said, we don't see nothing. You're normal. The enemy will fight you when you take a stand. The enemy will fight you. But your hope is God is able. It doesn't matter what comes up against you, whether it's your physical man, whether it is uh, no matter what happens. It could be in relationship. It could be on a job. It could be in multiple areas. You still have to stand with hope in God. No matter what happens, you cannot relinquish your faith. By faith, the elders obtain a good report. By faith. Now, the scripture says that elders obtain a good report. And so we need to step back, step back. And look at how they handle who handled the elders. What elders? The elders struck scripture. How did they handle their situations? How were situations handled? How was finances handled? How was relationships handled? How was their relationship with one another? How's their relationship with God? We need to look at how they handle pain and suffering. We need to look at how they handle the valley experience. The mountain experience, the, the plane. I did all those hand signs backwards, huh? <laughs> Listen, show God your faith. Don't relinquish hope. Let God see your faith. Keep your hope. I don't care if it's a tear, tear dripping out your eye. That don't mean that you that you that hope is lost. That just mean that you're feeling the, the pains of it. That's an expression. Sometimes you need to uh, to let it go. So you, you might be watching a movie and you, it's getting kind of dusty in here. You know, allergies acted. <laughs> no, it's something that triggered in your thoughts while you was watching that movie and you needed a release. Laughter is a release. And so laughter, the Bible said laughter is like a medicine, you know, and so we need to sometimes a change of environment is a release. You got to go someplace different. You got to get out the house. You're sitting in the house and you're starting to feel a certain way. You need to go someplace different. Change the atmosphere. Do something different. Go, go watch a movie. Go to the theater. Go do something different. Go shoot the basketball. Do something different. You got to change. We got to let God see faith. We got to show it to him. 
Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that he went someplace, and I, I'm ahead of myself. I, I really don't want to say this, but but listen, I'm gonna say it because we'll elaborate. Elaborate. We'll talk. We'll talk about it. He went to a certain city, and he didn't do mighty works because of the lack of faith that was there. You'll find that in the sixth chapter of, of Mark. Miko's just going to give you the answer here so that you're not sidetracked. Paul said, why hope for what you see? Why hope for what you see? If you can see it, it's obtainable. There's a way to get it. You don't have to pray about it. You pray while you're going through the motions and the actions of what you're doing. Pray about it. But you don't have to pray for that thing because if you see it, it's tangible. It can be obtained. It can be obtained. There's a way to get it. There's a way to get it. And as long as you have hope, as long as you have faith in God, you'll have some favor. You'll have some favor. When the time comes, he knows just what to do in that moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we Lord, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your love and kindness. Lord God, we thank you for this word of exhortation about hope. That hope is the backbone, the power that's behind the faith. Without hope, there is no faith. We know that when hope is deferred, that it rattles our cage, messes with us. But Lord, I pray and ask that you will bless each one that have heard your word and that will hear it later to embrace hope in you to keep hope alive to keep their confidence in you and your ability not the ability of man not the ability of another but lord the king's heart is in your hand so you have the power of influence of of those that are in charge those that we may meet in business those that we deal with on day to day, uh, the power, the authority is in your hand and our hope is in you. Lord, we won't compromise. We won't give in. Lord, our lack of understanding in certain areas, thank you for uh, the acceptance and knowing this and working with us, Lord Jesus. And we appreciate you and we appreciate opportunity to seek you and to know you, to be fortified in you, through you, by your word. I ask that you bless each one that have taken their time to tune in, to listen to this exhortation about hope. I pray and ask that you will bless them, that they will show you their faith by their actions, actions without compromise to your word. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in our sight. Hence now and forevermore. God bless you. Share the word of God with someone else. Don't be, sh- don't be uh, selfish in your prayers. But pray for someone as well. All right. Be blessed.